Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Jen. I'm Megan. This is uh, You're Gonna Die Out There, the, the podcast. podcast. This is a podcast where we tell you weird and wonderful stories of unfortunate incidents between humans and nature. The natures and the humans. Mm-hmm. If this is your first time, we'll just give you the rundown, our menu, if you will. Um, but a la carte. You, there's no a la carte there's here. No a la carte. You're just stuck with whatever we give you. And a lot of syrup. It's I think we talked buffet. about that. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of syrup. A lot of waffles. So many waffles. All over the place. If you've listened to our previous podcasts, you already know this, but for mm-hmm. if you're new, we're just telling you. So we'll, um, little science news, and then we'll get into an amazing story. And at the end, we're going to shout out our new patrons. Mm-hmm. So welcome aboard. Choo-choo. St- oh, God. <laughs> Put on your seatbelt and get ready for an amazing ride. So Megan. Yes, Jen. Corrections. Yeah, let corner. Me, let me tell you a little something about a correction that I have. This is a correction of a correction. We're basically correcting our corrections corner. Yeah. From last week. Last week and then the previous week, I think. Oh. Way back, so if good. you'll remember. I said Coconut Joe. Then what did I make the correction to? So we're talking about the Mighty Bush, which <laughs> yeah. I swear I watched in 2007. I, it's I, been a while. I have seen this particular episode if you will i don't know how so many times mm-hmm. i corrected myself and then i called i called him coconut willy which was like even, fur, even further <laughs> and i'm pretty sure it's because uh, there's this small restaurant on the beach called bamboo willies yeah. i'm surprised you didn't just call him bamboo willies <laughs> it's i mean at that point this is where we are now it's just what's happening so let me just correct all of those and say it's milky joe are you that sure is, i am 100 percent I have gotten a text from our friend Scott who's like, What is wrong oh with Oh my you? God. <laughs> How many times? Oh, uh, anyway, yeah. So, Milky Joe, go check it out. It's amazing. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott, because it's been a while. So, I do want to do one more correction from the Corrections Corner. It is also um, a mistake that I made, but I, let me just let me just say, let me preface this with I was reading the article. So, the people who wrote the article about the native people's tribe who regained their land in Big Sur wrote Indian, and I read it. Mm-hmm. without like registering and saying oh they're one not from india and two let's call them indigenous peoples or first nation peoples or something that's more appropriate than quote indian yes yeah so i just wanted to in case you caught that i caught it when i listened back and i was like Ugh, dang it right get it together oh uh, well so. i mean i knew you were reading from it right because i'm sitting here looking at her so i can tell she's reading from it but when i did listen i was like oh weird but yeah, yeah. it wasn't you A final correction? Yes, let's hear it. Well, this was mine. This one really bugged me in the episode before last when we were talking about Ricky McGee. And at the end, we were saying that if you were trying to protect yourself, you would want to go all crazy Mad Max in the desert just so people wouldn't mess around with you. And we brought up the (laughs) Raising Arizona bounty hunter. With the the flamethrowers. With the flamethrowers. And we're like just throwing fire everywhere. (laughs) And then later I was like, good grief. I mean, there were just... Horrific fires in Australia, and here we yeah. are, like making jokes about throwing fire. But it was just, it was in the context of yeah. that particular movie. Yeah, and, and in the desert. In the desert, we yeah. do not think it is okay to throw fire anywhere. Please do not do that. Yeah, no flamethrowers. It was a joke. 
Yeah. We were just talking about that guy. And, and also, no one has made any complaints to us about no, this. We nobody. just want you guys to know that we're holding ourselves to a really high standard <laughs> of quality and making sure that we're not, you know... Oh, yeah. We don't want to offend. We don't. We don't want to offend. And we also don't want to encourage any kind of bad behavior. Bad behavior. Yeah, exactly. So if you were planning to go get a flamethrower, just saying it right now. We do not condone that. We don't condone it. But we do condone the mullet. Well, 100%. Yeah. Get the mullet. Get the crazy car. What was it called? It was called the Giga Horse. Get a Giga Horse. The Giga Horse. Get the The Giga Giga Horse. Build yourself one (laughs) and get the mullet. And I I really feel like that will be fine. You don't even, you don't need the flamethrowers. You don't. Nope. I do have a science news story, but it's going to be in the next episode that kind of talks about fires. and I'm excited for that. You should be. But (laughs) I'm really excited about your science story. I hope I can get through this without laughing too much. I mean, actually, it's kind of depressing if you think about it. This is from sciencenews.org. It is entitled, quote, tree farts contribute about a fifth of greenhouse gases from ghost forests. So there's there's, a lot there. There's a lot in that We're talking about tree farting. We're talking about ghost forests. Did you even know that trees could fart? And have you been to a ghost forest? Ghost forests are actually, they are cemeteries of trees that are in coastal areas that are now being affected by sea level rise. So if you would think of uh, like a stand of trees Uh that are basically dead, so just like the trunks and looking really crappy. Oh, because because the sea level rise, like all the salinity. Correct. Yeah. And so it is inundating these coastal areas, killing the trees. And as the trees are dying, they're emitting greenhouse gases. Well, they made the title sound like it was fun, but it's actually really sad. It's actually not. It's really sad. Uh, There's a group of scientists out there looking at how much of these gases are going out into the atmosphere because, you know, climate change is a real thing. Sea level is rising. It's causing now trees to fart and create even more issues with what gases are going out there. So are they really farting, Megan? There's a picture in the article of the device that they use to kind of test the tree. It's like a plastic piece. I'm showing Jen right now. That's it's kind of it looks like it's almost like taped onto the tree. And then they're just like siphoning the gases from right outside the bark. I guess they're testing what is being emitted. But it's the person who wrote this article is great because one of the paragraphs starts, a team of ecologists went sniffing for tree farts in ghost forests. And I'm like, that's great writing. That is. Way to way to capture people's attention. Uh, Maria Temming. Good job. W- with who? Like what university or what organization is doing Let's the research? See. It's North Carolina State University in Raleigh who's doing the um, actual the logging. Field work. The field work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Melinda Martinez is a wetland ecologist with North Carolina State University, and she's doing a bunch of the collections and measuring. But there is a quote in here from Karen Geeden, who's a coastal ecologist at George Washington University in D.C., who's not doing the work, but she's just saying, as forests convert to wetlands, we expect over long timescales, that's going to represent a substantial carbon sink. Wow. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, wetlands always have more carbon than forests because they're constantly moving materials around, breaking them Mm -hmm, down, mm -hmm. and wetlands are pretty sweet. But yeah, it's going to be a major greenhouse gas source. Amazing. And they're calling that gas emitting from the trees uh, tree farts. I love it. The dying trees. It's sad, but they're they're trying to get people's attention with that. Yeah. Because my kids would be like, what? Trees fart? And then I would be like, well, yes, they do. And I would explain it to them, and they would be like, oh, 
Yeah, it is. Okay, it is an attention grabbing headline. Mm-hmm. I latched right on that. I mean, it really is interesting. I never would have thought of that mm-hmm. because uh, we I mean, we've seen it on islands. I mean, it's but, yeah. you know, it's a little different thinking about forests being affected by sea level rise and what that would do. And I never thought about ghost forests. That's crazy. That is so interesting. Megan. It's true, Thank though, because, yeah, since we I'll are be thinking about this for a while, to be tree honest. Farts. Yeah. Well, the mm-hmm. whole concept of it. I've always really liked wetlands. You know, like a lot of people don't like the smell. Like, I guess maybe those are tree farts. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I kind of like that, like decaying matter. But to me, wetlands are like this amazing cycle of life happening right in front of you. You can mm-hmm. see all levels of it because mm-hmm. it's also, uh, you know, a lot of people consider wetlands nurseries of the sea. So kind of cool. That anyway. is pretty cool. I know what you mean about the smell. I like it too. Yeah. It's, it's like this organic kind yeah, of Yeah, it's a very, or- yes. Yeah. yeah, I like it. It's just like, I mean, I hate to always bring this up, but I did spend a lot of time with sea turtles on yeah. a nesting beach. You know about sea turtles? What? And I <laughs> I like, and one of the weird things is, you know, I'd always be behind, while they're laying eggs, I'd be mm-hmm. like sneaky all behind them, you know, trying to count the eggs. Yeah, yeah. And I really love the smell of sea turtles. <laughs> And I remember the guys I worked with who are from the island who ate a lot of sea turtles. And I was like, I just really love the smell. And they're like, ew. You know, (laughs) but it's something very like oceany, but organic. But yeah, there's something about the smell and listening to how they would breathe. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I just loved it so much. You're just right there next to their back flippers. Yeah. I'm like, you smell so good. They're like, please get away from me. Can I please stop it? so much. If I weren't in this like kind of turtle trance right now, <laughs> I would, would whack you with my flipper <laughs> so hard. I hate you. Good times. Yeah, smells, right? They always like they bring of, you back. They bring you they bring up memories and I, take you places. I love the science of smell. I will watch anything, listen to anything that where people talk about the science of smell and how it like relates to yeah, like your different lobes, your brain lobes and memories so, and shit like and that. So, and there's going to be so much because of coronavirus and people losing their sense of smell. My I sister know. who got was positive and mm-hmm. had coronavirus, she still can't smell anything. Oh my gosh. It's terrible. So, I don't know mm. if it's coming back or So I had a friend uh, who also got the coronavirus and she, when she got vaccinated, she said that some of those symptoms went away, like the kind of long-term symptoms. I don't remember if she said her sense of smell was one of those things that came back. Oh, weird. Mm -hmm. So Megan, I have a story for us today. So I know that the last couple of weeks we've been in the desert. We've been like, there's been a lot of urine drinking. A lot of urine drinking. A lot of... I think Lyndon might have written on our Instagram saying he now knows a lot about how to drink his own urine. Right. If ever you, needed, you're, you are welcome. You're good. We, you're welcome. This is what we're here for. For Listen. everybody, like we just <laughs> don't eat a cockroach, and then and then here's how to you know drink your own urine. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. We're gonna move away from the desert. We're good for now. We're gonna go back to some coldness. Don't worry, we won't stay for too long. Are you ready? I am so ready because I have absolutely no idea what you're going to talk about. Most of the time, neither one of us knows what the other one is going to talk about. It's true. So we're in the same boat. As you, our beautiful listener. And I love how we keep everything in our Google Drive, but like I don't peek. I know. I don't look at your stuff either. Like I don't want to know. And I know um, your next story you're super excited about. I am really excited. And I I didn't peek. It's also in a cold place. Our brains always do this where we get on the same topics. Right. What would you do if you were somehow in a remote area in your car, you're driving and it's snowing and you pulled off on the side of the road 
because it's like you can't see, right? Yeah. And you pull off on the side of the road to try and wait it out so that you could see. Yeah. And you're just listening to a podcast, just hanging out in your car. You got the heater on and you're in a very remote area. It's nighttime, maybe. You just get tired. You doze off. And when you wake up, your car is buried in snow. I, th- I mean, I think that's the moment that I would pull the paper and pen from my bag and write a goodbye note <laughs> to everybody that I ever cared about. Right. It's creepy, right? That's got to be the creepiest shit. There is a movie. It's called Centigrade. It's from last year, 2020. I don't remember. I mean, I don't really follow movies that much. They said it was based on a true story about a Norwegian couple. The real story was a Norwegian couple that was trapped in a snow-covered car. I tried to find this true story. I don't think it exists. And other people were saying the same thing because it says based on a true story. But I'm like, oh, where? Maybe they just did that to be like more like hype up the movie more. Yeah, I know a lot of people like horror movies, which Mm -hmm. Megan doesn't. So I don't know if you ever saw this one, but it's called The Strangers with Liv Tyler. And I remember I I watched it and because I love scary movies. It said it was based on a true story. Anytime somebody says something's based on a true story, I look it up. Yes. Like I'm like, I want to know the real story. Mm -hmm. Because the story is like somebody, it's been a really long time since I saw it, but a girl like knocks on their door. It's super creepy. And they're at this like remote in the woods family home and like vacation home and then these people come in and I don't know just like really terrible stuff ensues terrorize them yeah I was like this really happened like this is terrible like how could this happen Mm -hmm. but the real story is that somebody just knocked on their door and seemed really creepy at some place oh the director or the writer of the screenplay was like Mm -hmm. and so kind of just took it from there right so that was the only true story part (laughs) so (laughs) someone knocked on their door and was creepy and was creepy and that was the end the end Feel like of that's the true story a lot of people have knocked my door and been creepy yeah so anyway so i don't know if this story it's kind of like that that there was maybe somebody who got stuck in the snow and it kind of freaked mm-hmm. out for a couple of hours and then they were fine and somebody right. made a story from it but it wasn't like newsworthy kind of story sure sure in the movie which i didn't watch because i don't want to watch it to be honest well, and mostly because of the reviews. Oh. In the movie, it's this American couple. I don't know if they went to Norway because... It's still set in Norway? I believe so. It's an American couple that traveled in the... Of course, the wife is eight months pregnant. Always and then they're in the snow on. and they get trapped. Mm-hmm. And apparently they're just super annoying American people. Mm. And that was what everybody said was the worst part. It's like, great, trap me with these people right, right. in the car. This whole topic caught my attention because what I did find and what I looked into from this was that there was a Swedish guy named Peter Skylberg. That's definitely right. (laughs) It it is. I looked it up. S-K-Y-L-L-B-E-R-G. I'm going to tell you the story of how he earned the moniker, the snowman or the iceman. But not like Val Kilmer's iceman. (laughs) No, no. And not like... Does he play beach volleyball with no shirt? (laughs) No. Oh. And not... What was his name? Michael Keaton. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> or there was like a scary movie, right. Snowman, which I never yeah, watched. Well, the Michael, I, I remember the Michael Keaton one where it was like he, he died and then he became, he like lived inside of a snowman. Which spirit I was in a snowman. find very creepy. I didn't watch it's it either. It's creepy. It's I, a cute movie though. Yeah, I've heard. I'm, yeah, I'm still not into it. It's about forgiveness and moving on. It's touching. Peter Skalberg was born in 1968. He, I think, it doesn't really give any information about his background, 
really like as far as where he grew up, but where they say he was from was Karlskoga. That's totally right. I know I'm saying it exactly like Swedish people say it. Definitely. Karlskoga. No, Karlskoga, which is in central Sweden. It's an iron manufacturing town. I don't know if that matters to anybody. Maybe people who live in Sweden are like, that's right. I was about to make a Flashdance reference, but then I realized <laughs> that that's a steel town. They didn't make iron. They were making steel. Oh, right. But she, she makes steel from iron? I don't know anything about metalworking. I, don't, I just know she was a welder. I didn't right. know. I don't remember beyond that. Right, and right, she yeah. And she danced. Like, she's never danced before. <laughs> but also, I just want to real quick say, we do have a listener in Sweden. Oh, that's right. We do. Yes. Yes. So, you know what? This one's for you. Just throwing that out there. He's a really good photographer. Oh, yeah. Totally. If we have more Swedish listeners, be sure and let us know all the things I said wrong on this. But hopefully you enjoy it. Or maybe you heard this story uh, when this happened, which it happened in 2012. Prior to that... He was working as a maintenance man for housing or apartments. So he painted, decorated apartments, renovated kitchens, and he was pretty good at it. And he was able to live rent-free on the property with his girlfriend. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of times apartment managers or maintenance, they mm-hmm. can live for free because they're working. Around this time, he had decided to that he was pretty good at this maintaining, renovating apartments. So he decided to go into the real estate business. He got a loan and he, I don't know from like a bank or a person, but he was able to buy a building from his employer. The deal was that he would renovate it, renovate it. <laughs> the deal. Uh, That's the, a new word, Jen. <laughs> renovate. Renovate. It's when you <laughs> renovate something to rent it out. You heard it here first. Oh, God. So the deal was is that he would renovate the property, rent it out, and then he would, you know, get the money back and pay back his loan. While he was working on the property and trying to fix it up so he could rent it out, he spent all of his life savings, like all his money was gone. Oh, no. Before he could finish the renovations, he ran out of money, couldn't rent it out because it wasn't complete. That's not good. And he couldn't pay the loan. Right. And so they repossessed the building. So now it's around 2011. He was 44 years old. He had no money, no Mm. place to live because the property was repossessed. And I don't know what happened with his girlfriend no i was gonna say i don't know what happened with his employer like maybe oh, they okay. let him go mm-hmm. and the girlfriend yeah she, i don't know but it, so what they said is that he went to living in his car that was around may of 2011 and that's when they say he was no longer in Karlskoga. like he went somewhere else and people mm-hmm. just didn't see him anymore i guess you know his neighbors really had a lot to say about him <laughs> they were just like he got into a lot of debt he couldn't pay his bills and then he just disappeared mm-hmm. and that was for like almost a year and they just called him a very odd guy oh Whatever happened with his girlfriend, that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. You know, he had those piling debts he couldn't pay. He was living in his car. And then he showed up in an area called Umea, U-M-E-A. That sounds right. They say it's a university town about 400 miles north of Stockholm. And it's also kind of traditionally known as the last major town or city before you get into the wilderness of Sweden. It's like the last stop. The last stop where the reindeer live. (gasps) Remember our reindeer story? That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the reindeer don't really show up. I'm sure they were around. The reindeer and the, what, what were the name of the people? The Sami people? The Sami people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they don't show up in this story, but I'm sure they were around and they were like, he's an odd guy. 
(laughs) (laughs) He's just really strange. He's just so strange. Mm. I don't know. So he pretty much kept to himself. I mean, is there a maintenance man story where the maintenance guy is not strange in your brain? Can Mm. anyone think of one? Maybe just the guy from like batteries not included. I think that maintenance guy was nice. When I was in college, Megan. Oh, no. Oh, God. You just brought up a memory. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) When I was in college, I lived in a duplex. Mm -hmm. The guy who I rented from was like a dean of one of the colleges at the university. The guy who lived in the other side of the duplex was a maintenance man. Mm-hmm. And he um, was very strange. And one time he got really drunk. All I know is I I had I had walked to a bar because mm-hmm. you know it was on university. Yeah. With some of my friends, of course we walked because we didn't want to drive. Yeah, of course not. So I had walked and we all walked back. And when I got back, one of my other college age neighbors was like, "Dude, that guy was on top of your car, like acting like a gorilla, <laughs> like he was wasted and like and he was a huge guy and he was like making like." <laughs> Like, you know, the beating of the chest. (laughs) That's how they described it. He was trying to show how big he is. And they were like, "Um, excuse me, sir, what's happening? It it was my car. And he ran down the front of my car. And you could see like dents going down the front of my car. What the hell, Jen? He was super weird. And so I called my landlord and I moved out. Immediately? Pretty pretty immediately. Yeah. (laughs) There were other strange happenings. But anyway. That's weird. I want someone to write to us about a good maintenance man. Oh, there's a there's lot of good maintenance. There's a lot. I feel like you, that's, but those when are you're some telling, skills But when you're telling a story, good. you don't talk about the nice, boring people that right, just live yeah. their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about like the serial killers and this like... This is true. Or just odd. This guy's fine. He's yeah. Just, they just said he's, he's odd. odd. He was a loner. Let's just say that. Hmm. Like a very introvert to the extreme. Sure. Anyway, that was Peter. He he didn't murder anybody, as far as I know. And maybe he saw a reindeer while he was out and about. I want to have. I I just picture like a far side, like <laughs> the reindeer like having their cartoon, morning coffee. Like they're all just like giving side eye to this guy. They're like, he seems strange. Did it say what kind of car he's in? Uh, well, let me get into the story. Okay, yeah, We're just yeah, digressing sorry, so much. Sorry. We waffle. We uh, waffle all the day. We just stole that word from Lyndon. I know, but I think he's okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, we gave him credit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So he kept to himself. He was, he was at this point living in his car in the forest. The people from the town said that he didn't look like homeless. I mean, he looked totally fine and mm-hmm. nobody was really thought anything of it. They said that later in the story... Mm -hmm. We'll come back to this, but they found some receipts in his car from December 15th when he went to one of the local shops to buy some magazines and coffee. But after that, nobody saw him anymore. Weird. That was December 15th. Is that where our story begins? Well, I'm going to start at the end and move at a later date and move backwards. I love it. On Friday, February 17th of 2012, he was found by a policeman who was out on a snowmobile, just kind of randomly checking the roads and cars that were around, abandoned. And so the officer had seen this car and went to wipe the snow off of it just to see like what's going on, what's happening with this car, because he thought it was just abandoned and they Mm -hmm. should have it moved or whatever. And when he wiped the snow away from the window, he saw movement inside the car. So when he looked inside the car, there was like a terrible smell. Peter had been living in his car for about 60 days. Just in his car. In his car. Since December 16th. Not cracking a window. Yeah, no. All the bodily functions happening inside the car. Is that what you're saying to me? I, as far as I know. 
When they took him from the car, uh-huh. they took him to the hospital. The chief uh, medical officer at Norland's University Hospital said he'd never seen a case like it. He said that he had probably been kept alive by the natural warming properties of the Snowden car, like it being encased in snow, like an igloo. Like an igloo, yeah. Mm-hmm. How it's like, how many degrees warmer when you go inside of an igloo, but it's like made of ice. Yes. Yeah, and Right, but it mm-hmm. kind of keeps like the wind. Insulation. And, yeah, it's an mm-hmm. insulation. He said, and this is a quote, the man obviously had good clothes. He's had a sleeping bag and he's been in a car that's been snowed over. Igloos usually have a temperature of a couple degrees below zero, that's Celsius. Mm-hmm. And if you have good clothes, you would survive in those temperatures and be able to preserve your body temperature. Obviously, he managed to preserve his body temperature or he wouldn't have made it because us humans can't really stand being cooled down like reptiles, for instance, which can change body temperature. Interesting. We can't change our body temperature like reptiles. Yeah, that's why, well, they do it slowly. Yes. That's why you should never take a snake from under a rock and throw it in the snow because then it will die because they can't regulate quick enough. Yeah. Be nice to reptiles unless they're trying to murder you. Then you can murder them back. Okay. (laughs) No, two months, um, he said two months was basically the upper limit of what a person would be able to survive, survive without any food. So he basically had no food, so they think, for about two months. He was in his car. With his coffee and his magazines mm-hmm. that he got in December. Yeah, and a lot of cigarettes, we'll learn. God, the smell. Oh, yeah. They were like, was it an igloo effect or was he mm-hmm. in some sort of weird bear-like hibernation? hibernation? They say it's so extraordinary to medical experts that they really wanted to understand like how he survived in these extreme conditions for Mm -hmm. so long. Did his metabolism slow down like a bear that hibernates, making Mm -hmm. it easier for him to go without food so his metabolism was just running so slowly? This chief medical officer at the university hospital was like, no, that's not possible. Humans don't hibernate like bears. We don't do that. (laughs) Well, I mean, we can do the hyperphagia part. Oh, yeah. We can eat a, a lot. We can pretend like we're going to hibernate. Yeah, but we don't actually hibernate. He said it was more likely the insulation provided by the vehicle was probably more the factor in all of his clothes and everything. He was completely emaciated. He could barely speak. They all said like he was like at the very end of his what? I'm imagining the drug guy from the movie Seven. Oh my God. That's what I'm imagining. The one that was like kept alive. Was he the drug? He was like hooked up to a bunch of needles. Like Mm -hmm. he had been getting interviewed as drugs, but he was like somehow kept alive and he was essentially a skeleton. Yeah. But he was still alive. Yeah. With all the sores. Yeah. Oh God. And it was like they went up and someone went right next to his face, you know, and then he like breathed. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. (laughs) but probably it was a really bad stench he was wrapped in his sleeping bag oh i mean the fuel had run out of his car like imagine 60 days yeah a long time ago when they looked at pictures and i'll post we'll post some of these pictures but they all if they found some food wrappers and drink containers they say that in a lot of cigarette (laughs) but they say that maybe that kept him okay for a little while yeah but then there was nothing he recovered in the intensive care ward at the hospital and he had hyperthermia he was very malnourished he did tell them when they found him and he was in such a you know terrible state but he did say that he was able to eat snow oh so he was getting some hydration some hydration from that but that he hadn't eaten food since december wow but you can't eat too much snow right that's like a thing because doesn't it lower your internal body temperatures and what is it about snow like you can't eat snow 
We just looked it up. We did. You actually you you can you can drink snow, but you need to melt it first, right? Because it's cold, and obviously, if you're somewhere stuck and you're in a survival situation, if there's snow around, there's you, snow you're probably around, someplace cold. You're already cold, <laughs> and you don't yeah. want to make your core temperature lower. Lower, yeah. yeah. So it says to put it in a container and set it in the sun, or. Mm-hmm. Find a way to melt it and then you can drink it. Yeah. And someone on the subreddit explained to me like I'm five said uh, <laughs> there's also like pollutants may, might be in the snow from depending on where you are or like bacteria. Yeah. Just like in any kind of standing you could water. Get, you could mm-hmm. get sick. But I mean, if I were in a situation, I would just melt that and drink yeah. it right up. Yep, yep, yep. So basically what they think happened is he was parked out in his car, living in his car. Mm-hmm. And he somehow there was a snowstorm, got some heavy snow and he couldn't get out. Yeah. But others feel like he could have gotten out and he mm-hmm. was close enough to a road that he could have probably found help or mm-hmm. done something. But I think the overall belief is that maybe he was kind of given up on life a little bit. You know, he yeah. had lost a lot. That's pretty sad. It's, it's not a good situation, but he never said that. And so there's no proof of that being the case. All accounts is that he could not get out of his car. He was under several feet of snow in his car. Yeah. I think that he really got stuck in there and mm-hmm. yeah, maybe he didn't have the the wherewithal or the energy to get himself out of the situation and really fight mm-hmm. for himself, you know, and as some people would, but it's mm-hmm. not that he necessarily wanted to be in that sure. situation either. Well, and then after not eating, probably was so weak at mm-hmm. some point, it's like you can't physically do it anyway. Right, right. And the other thing a lot of people talked about is where was his family? Was nobody looking for him? Right. Like what happened that Mm -hmm. he could just kind of disappear for a few months and and nobody, you know, put a word out to to find him. But apparently, and this is maybe part of his personality, is that he had not spoken to his family for over 20 years. Oh, my gosh. So his aunt said that he had broken off relationships with his family because of they just said a family scandal. Oh. Um, which was not explained, but yeah, I know. Hmm. Oh, I'm all like, what's the scandal? So many question marks. You know, we all love a good scandal. And they said, and this is a quote, the scandal was a lie, but when the truth came out, the damage was already done. So and maybe it was like a lie about him or something? Maybe the, you know, the family thought something bad about him or he thought something bad about somebody else. Who knows? Sure. And it just, they could never work it out. My brain is like, oh, they probably accused him of something. And that's why people <laughs> consider him odd because he doesn't trust anybody. So he doesn't share his life. Right, right. And that's why he's such an introvert, like... So many things. So many things. You could just see, this is where Based on a True Story comes from, because you could just go all over the place with it. Let's make a movie, Jen. Let's do it. (laughs) I mean, we're good at those things, right? Definitely. The aunt had said that while he was in the hospital, his father had called the hospital to speak to him, and he refused to speak. He refused to take the call. Wow. So something like the aunt just like told told all kinds of stuff. But according (laughs) to her, it was his personality even before all this happened Mm. that she said she used to babysit him and he had five siblings that he wouldn't play with, that he stayed away from other kids and people and just wanted to stay by himself. So well, maybe he liked that. That's just his personality. You know, yeah, some people, they just are happier alone and that's totally that's fine whatever quote normal is to you is is good for you right yeah unless you're a pedophile and then that's not okay 
That's not okay. Just or a murderer. You know, there's a lot. There was a lot of speculation afterwards, and I found this similar to your story in the desert, Mauro, a Mauro story, and even Ricky McGee's story. Yeah, that people had like it's like they just didn't believe that that could happen, or mm-hmm. like why didn't they do this? And I think there's always just going to be those you know people who will speculate, but you'll sure. never know until you're in that situation and you're that person. Yes, like how you can deal with things and what really happened and I just refuse to believe that somebody would just stay in their car you know if he was he was living in his car and mm-hmm. he was going to the store and he they said he looked fine mm-hmm. and I you know why would that change right apparently uh, a week a month prior so this would have been in January mm-hmm. one of the local one of the guys from one of the local snowmobile clubs said that he had been out on his snowmobile in a, yeah, so around mid-January. And he reported to the police that he saw a car and he was trying to get into it and all the doors were locked and he knocked on the windows, but he didn't see anything. And he took the, he wrote down the license plate number, gave it to the police and was like, hey, there's this car out there. You should go check it out. And they yeah. never did. Oh, no. So the police basically were like, well, it's not stolen and it's, you know, not parked somewhere illegally. So... It's fine. We'll just leave it. But like, let's not go out and just check on it just in case. I, I think that they would be like, why would anybody be in that car? You know right. what I mean? I, yeah. I don't think that would be the first thing somebody like, would oh, think of. like, oh, it's just of. a car. Sure. Right. And it's not like anybody's reported missing or that car was reported. It was just like maybe somebody broke down and left their car. Mm. But they should have. Plus, like, what else are they doing? This is a this is a like last stop town before the wilderness. Mm-hmm. What what else have you got going on? If you look at the pictures, there's one that shows the interior of the car and it's completely covered in frost. I want to see that. I just can't imagine, and it's kind of gross inside there. I just can't imagine what it would smell like. Let's imagine for a moment. In the spring of 2012, the Discovery Channel broadcasts a documentary called Alive. Alive! Because it has like an exclamation (laughs) Alive! 60 Days Under the Snow. Is that like Alive where they flew into the side of uh what was that like oh my gosh yeah that movie yeah and they eat i was thinking we could cover that story but it's been covered so many times right yeah so there's like a little rundown of it i tried to watch this but i could not find it anywhere i don't think it exists right now there might be a french youtube channel that plays it (laughs) i I really (laughs) tried to look it up but yeah i couldn't find it so it's basically covers the 60 days so that's out there If you are able to find it, then watch it. Yeah. There was nothing about his life afterwards. I think he's just a very private guy. He's Mm -hmm. like, obviously, we know he likes to be alone. He did not participate in this documentary at all. Oh, just someone told his story. But I'm like, dude, you could have made some money from this. Yeah, for real. I was about to be like, did he write a book? Yeah, he should. There's zero on him after this. There's some fuzzy picture of him maybe currently or from 2012. That's fun. Yeah. That I couldn't, it, it just, I couldn't find anything. Hope you're doing well out there, Peter. Hope life is better. But this kind of got me interested because I remember hearing stories of people getting snowed in in their cars. Mm-hmm. I looked a little further. I'm going to give a rundown of some other stories. Cool. And one of them I think you'll remember. Is one of them in Atlanta? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember in like 2012 mm-hmm. or 2013, there was a big uh, snowstorm in Atlanta mm-hmm. and it got like iced out and there were a bunch of people stuck on the road 
losing their minds. And everyone in the north, northeastern United States was like, Atlanta's so stupid. Oh, they're complaining. It's only a little bit of snow. <laughs> and it really was a little bit of snow. But uh, people don't understand when you grow up in the south yeah. and it doesn't snow. Like it, it snows in Oklahoma. So you're like used to it. Yeah. Yeah. But in Georgia, it's, it's like if we get flurries, everything stops. All the bread is gone. Everyone has gas. <laughs> you're, There's like, no more people are paper. like losing it on the streets, right. you know. There's like, I think one snow, one of those trucks that pushes the snow the, out of the way. Yeah, the snow truck that throws the ice down or the, the ice. Yeah, put the, the salt. salt and yeah. The, yeah, there's like one in Atlanta for oh like God. all of the roads. And there are a lot of roads. Oh, so yeah, Atlanta's huge. It's huge and like super sprawled out. And yeah. anyway, yeah, it was like a big thing. People were like stuck in traffic yeah. and didn't know what to do and like trudging home in the snow. That's it's hilarious. a big thing. Yeah. Well, this, I don't think there's any of of those those stories but i have a couple and one is rather sad but so this one i do remember this i remember this story i remember watching it like maybe like a movie about it the jim and jennifer stolpa and they had a baby clayton and they spent eight days in northern washoe county so in idaho and that was oh my god i was just about to say idaho yeah that was in december of 1992 (laughs) because there was a movie made and it was like big news i think i've seen the movie this was like a big story yeah so it was december of 1992 in january of 1993 after getting stuck in the snow trying to find a shortcut to pocatello idaho the baby was okay the baby was fine oh my god he was not injured but the couple jennifer and jim they lost toes to frostbite mm. and it was a big deal so here it is this is why you might know it. The movie was called Snowbound, the Gen- the Jim and Jennifer Stolpa story, and it had um, Neil Patrick Harris. I definitely saw it. Yeah. Uh, he played Jim Stolpa, so. That was Doogie Howser days, right? Doogie Howser. No, he, he would have been older. Well, I mean, but, I mean, but not but much. Yeah, close. This yeah. was like after Doogie. Man, Doogie Howser was like... Patrick Harris my biggest awesome. crush really oh yeah because he was smart I think because like you're younger than me I was yeah like, no it was like my it. age it was yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was more like I loved Sean Austin because of Goonies what happened is all started so they're from California mm-hmm. and they were driving to a family funeral so straight over to Idaho and there was a big storm and it had closed Donner Pass. Another story. I know all about that business. Yeah. block And it blocked Ugh. the roads that they were planning to take. They're trying to head to this funeral. They don't want to miss it because it's mm-hmm. a big deal. So at the last minute, and I'm sure this was Jim's idea. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> he's like, honey, I know a shortcut. I, yes. He's like, let's, let's pull, up, pull up the map. So they decided to take a small country road. Nope. And after like a million, you know, miles of getting worse and worse their truck and they were in a truck was it four-wheel drive i don't know got stuck in a snowbank and they spent five days in the truck eating the fruitcake oh, <laughs> cookies no. and corn chips so i'm cool with that what story were we talking about that was a fruitcake oh our very first story oh yeah because that's when how she survived well she, well, she, she didn't. didn't take the fruitcake she wished she had because it was all muddy right mm-hmm that was a great story. Here we are with the fruitcake again, saving the day. <laughs> so everybody needs to just give a little more uh, love, love, less love. raisins. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we were gonna make a fruitcake. We were. Yeah, I think we still need to do that. We will. They were waiting to be rescued. They're mm-hmm. like any day now. We're gonna get rescued. Didn't happen. So with no other options, they decided to start walking. No. When they left the truck, they were in waist deep 
snowdrifts. Oh, God. And they trudged through this for 12 miles. Are they just wearing like church clothes? I don't even know, but they have a baby. So at this point, they had to turn around and they went another, they said 28 hours later, they were still in the snow and Jennifer couldn't even like walk anymore. She was just like, I can't. Imagine like waist deep. I mean, that's not like just walking. That's 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 a lot of work lucky for them they found this small cave is this ringing a bell the cave i remember i remember hearing this on the news i would think i was like in high school i was in i was definitely like eighth grade Mm -hmm. going into ninth grade that next year december of 92 oh no i think i had already graduated i was gonna say you you would be out of high school already i graduated in 92 i was going into high school i was probably at some nirvana concert at this point. That's way cooler. I was definitely doing the combat boots and the flannel with a skirt. I think 92 was the year that, you know, I had styled my hair with like a side half pony. <laughs> and it was big. All right. Because I, I have curly hair. So it was really? like So you huge. were quite, quite it the was grunge like face. And like with the, well, I lived in a small southern town. So it was like everything was very preppy. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wore those like the rugby shirts. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. It's like the three colored shirts. And then one of the stripes is white. Anyway, uh, yeah, I had bangs. Just horrible. I mean, not like how they are now, which are amazing, but how they were then. Were, yeah. It's really bad. That was the year. I think 92 was a year that we took school pictures and the photographer said something really weird to me. I don't remember what it was that he said, but I made a face. <laughs> like I was really confused. Like I was in the picture. I was saying like, what? Were you like, oh my God. And it was like my mouth was open. I was was, okay. Wait, I'm sorry, but I must. I think I'm speaking on behalf of our listeners that we need to see this photo. So I don't. Um, I'm writing to your mom. Listen, I have the yearbook here. We need to see this. I blacked it out in my yearbook because it was so bad. I was, and who would even? Why wouldn't they redo? Like, hello, there are retakes. Why would he keep that one picture? Listen, my ninth grade picture, my hair doesn't fit in the box <laughs> of the picture. <laughs> you share your picture, I'll share mine. Oh my god, I'm sure someone has it. I definitely blacked out part. I don't. I don't know if I blacked out my whole face or like the the whole picture, but yeah, I'm definitely like what? That's amazing. And I cannot remember what he said to me. I wish I could. So 1992 was a terrible year. It for was you. a horrible year. I graduated high school, yeah, and I was doing, I was living in Seattle. I think I'd got a little apartment for myself, a studio, and I was, yeah, just... You were living the life. You had your combat boots. Did you, do? was it like marble reds or camels? What (laughs) were you smoking? Something, probably. And I had like the, that's the year I cut my hair off and I had it like shaved up the back. Oh my God. It was one of those. You were living what I wanted to be living, but I was stuck in preppy hell. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. I was completely broke and it was a struggle but you know good times so anyway i don't even think i had a tv but somehow maybe i went to one of my my aunts or my mom's and i watched because i remember seeing this on the news and hearing about it yeah and thinking like oh thank god the baby was okay because crazy so what happened is they found they went into this cave Mm -hmm. luckily they were you know the girl was able to get out of the wind she had the baby i think she kept the baby like on her body that's really smart and she was breastfeeding i believe so it just the baby was okay thank god and so the next day the husband james he went to go find help he's Mm -hmm. like we can't just stay in this cave he had to save his 
his family. wife and yeah, his, yeah. his son. He walked over 50 miles uh, through the freezing snow until somebody finally spotted him. Oh, my God. Probably one of those big trucks, you know, like yeah. that's clearing the roads. And they have like a million lights on the front. And he was just, they said he was stumbling. Like he was just barely hanging on. He was stumbling along. Once they found him, then they got all the rescue crew out there. They went to the cave. They found jennifer and the baby who was mm. five months old got them to safety so when they were in the hospital I, there's a picture of them if you look it up of them in the hospital mm-hmm. and yeah they lost i don't know if they lost all their toes or the majority of them because they were just completely frostbitten oh man i'm pretty sure james probably lost all his for sure i mean it doesn't take much i'm just imagining they, they came from california right yeah they're just wearing like like black funeral clothes <laughs> i know <laughs> like, like she's got on, she's got on like hose and some some pointy uh, high heels or something. I don't know. God, I hope I hope they were like gonna change when well, they got to the Well, I'm pretty sure they brought extra clothes. Yeah, but yeah. who knows how warm right. they were and what part of California? Because there's some cold parts of California. That's true. That's but I true. think they said Bay Area, so not. I'm just thinking about his. Bay Area trek. gets pretty cold. It gets kind of cold. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it does. I mean, colder than here. <laughs> so everything's colder than guam but yeah i'm thinking about him trekking through 50 miles of snow and how one time after finals at mercer university it was like sleeting mm-hmm. and i walked across campus not even half a mile and i thought i was gonna die <laughs> so yeah like yeah. man that's perseverance right there yeah i mean we used to play in the snow when we were kids mm-hmm. until we were literally frozen i made a snowman once in 1993 actually i think oh the year after the bad oh, picture just kidding i think it actually i think it was earlier like 87 oh anyway we made a snowman once <laughs> one and, time uh, in the late 80s early 90s i was, don't know it was, it was cold the time. i think i stayed outside for like 45 minutes and then i was like okay i'm done yeah good good hot chocolate thank you I think I could live in the coldness. I could. I could do I could do Alaska. I like it. I like the cold. I think because my husband's from the islands and I mm-hmm. that's why we stay. I love I mean I love the islands and I love Guam, but I could do cold. I mean, you know, I'm not good with cold. Cold is really hard for me. We yeah. went to Omaha together once and it was like I thought I was going to die. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> I have another story. Mm-hmm. So we're going to jump ahead to 2011, almost a time when Peter in Sweden got stuck in his car. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. This is like a variety pack of This is a variety pack of getting buried in your car in snow. So this was actually in New Mexico, and this was a couple with their five-year-old daughter. Okay? It always blows my mind when you think about Arizona, New Mexico, that they have snow. Oh, I've been in the worst snowstorms in New Mexico. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's real bad. Because, well, since I grew up in Oklahoma, to go west, Mm -hmm. usually you would drive through the top part Part. of Texas and into New Mexico and Arizona. This one's about the Higgins family. They were driving through a rural highway in New Mexico and they got stuck in a blizzard. They were in a 2003 GMC Yukon. Oh, and they're it's a big car. It's big, and they got stuck in this blizzard, and they were trapped inside, and it caused their vehicle to basically turn into like an igloo, kind of like what Peter's Jeez. was. It was buried. I think this one was buried four feet deep. Mister Higgins said that they became encased in a vehicle igloo, and they could roll down the window. And it just kind of slid down and they could touch the snow and they said it was solid and they just rolled it back up. And he said all he tried to do was um, him and his wife to try to stay calm and keep their daughter calm. 
Yeah. This was around, this was like right around Christmas. They were going on a ski trip to Angel Fire, New Mexico, which I've been there. We went on a ski trip there when I was a kid. Is it nice? Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And it's a really kind of popular ski area. I was really small. I was Mm -hmm. like at that age where... When you go skiing and you don't use poles, you just like fly. I don't even know what that is, like, but ah! that sounds cool. You just like <laughs> ski really fast, like snow plow the whole way, like trying to, anyway. So yeah, but they hit the bad weather. They were following a snow plow for a while, but the visibility got so bad that they had, it was, they said it was just white. They couldn't even see like the yellow line in the road. And so that's why they slowed down. They were going like five miles an hour. They had snow tires on, everything. I mean, they were in a, a vehicle meant for this. They, they were snow, prepared. They were prepared. They don't name it the Yukon for nothing. That's right. And so, but the blizzard just was too much. When they were stuck in the snow, they tried moving the vehicle forward or backwards, but the snow was piling up so quickly a, a, around them. Mm-hmm. And as he was doing this, the vehicle started to slide down an embankment. Oh, God. So they were able to keep it running for a while. He was trying to get out of the car yeah. to go clear the the exhaust pipe because imagine oh, yeah. Yeah. if you're running the car and the pipe is blocked yes oh no the, the yeah the oh. carbon monoxide poisoning is going to come into back car. into the vehicle right 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 he couldn't he realized that he couldn't open his door at this point i wouldn't even think about that right or maybe maybe it would like dawn on you when you start to smell it but right. but like so i wouldn't they could like hear that. other vehicles passing and oh, they were trying no. to honk the, they honked their horn but nobody stopped nobody noticed because they probably just thought it's like an abandoned car yeah so they had ski gear they had water sandwiches good job oh that's good you know they had a lot of snacks you know now i'm starting to like not feel so bad about all the family trips that not not a lot of family trips but like we would go on road drives down to florida and my parents wouldn't stop at mcdonald's they would like pack nasty ass sandwiches or like we went to six flags and they would put sandwiches in a cooler in the car and i'd be like yeah "Mm, i don't want to eat that i know but i i love road trips but and get yeah, yeah the snacks 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 are the best they realized as they're in there for hours i mean they had food but they realized mm-hmm. it was getting harder to breathe and i'm very like claustrophobic i mm-hmm. can't imagine i don't want this to ever happen is it because like the snow's like sealing up all of the the gaps in the car wherever there yeah are i mean it's because they're just, just like, buried really jesus so he said, you know, we weren't sure, this is a quote, we weren't sure of it, but we think we were running out of air and that was spooky, for sure. They played games on their mobile phone, watched films on their little, they had like a little travel DVD player mm-hmm. to try to like pass the time. Mm-hmm. As parents and adults, they were starting to feel like, are we going to survive this? Right. Like, imagine being with your kid. It's one thing to be by yourself, but imagine being with your kid. So I don't know if you remember this. I was in Hawaii when we got the alert that North Korea was there was a missile on the way right so I'm laying in bed I can't remember if it was a Saturday or Sunday morning this is like a weird time to bring up that story we're talking about survival (laughs) with kids oh okay 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 so so not snow related that's it's not it's not snow related but if we're talking about emergency situations with children okay 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 so I'm laying in my bed and there's like this crazy alert on my phone that's like this is not a test inbound nuclear weapon like it was crazy Right? I know. I remember hearing about that. It was and terrible. I went into immediate like uh, prepared mode, whatever. I mm-hmm. grabbed canned food. I grabbed like batteries, flashlight, whatever. Just immediately. We had a roommate. I was like, get in the car. Uh, there was like a guy who lived upstairs. He had a little dog. He mm-hmm. This giant guy, he was like shaking. And he was like, oh my God. I was like, get in the car with us. Let's go. And I happened to work really close to home. And we went to work and there was a basement. My son is there, obviously. 
I like packed him in the car too. Don't forget him. And we say obviously. (laughs) And we went to my work and it was like people were freaking out. He was he was like younger, but it was like he was like, Wow, what's going on? you know? And I was just like, Listen, there's a situation, we're gonna go down here, it's gonna be fine, you know. Like we're just gonna chill out in this basement. I called my mom. She was like, "What's going on?" I was anyway. She's in Georgia. It was like a game to him, and he he didn't quite understand how serious it was. I think because he was mm-hmm. so much younger. Mm-hmm. But you don't want them to know no, how serious it is. No, I was like, "Here's." I brought a blanket, like a fluffy blanket for him. We made this blanket kind of area for him to sit on, and we were in the basement of building at UH, and there are all these like soil samples and shit, and all these papers and he wanted to look through all of it. And I was like, well, whatever, who cares? We're all going to die anyway. Like I didn't say that to him, but yeah, we were just like waiting to honestly that we're all just going to blow up. That is insane. It was insane. Yeah. He did. He has a, he has a memento from that. He still has it. He found a beta copy of ET in the basement and he still has it. It's oh my gosh. In his room. He keeps it. That's amazing. Yeah. Good only, luck, only good finding a beta player. <laughs> I know. Only later, you know, what, a few years later, he's like, mom, that was like really serious. And I was like, yeah, it was. It's That's crazy. A hundred percent. I thought we were going to die. Yeah. And I just thought like, I love, I love you. Yeah. The guy who accidentally did that, he got fired. <sighs> I hope so. No, he did. Did he really? Yeah. No one ever really talked about it again. (laughs) They were like, someone pressed a button. It was real bad. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I have not been in those situations with my kids. Thank goodness. But I can only imagine what it feels like and what these people Mm -hmm. were feeling like because they're just trying to, you know, like... They're just trying to distract their kids. Yes. That's all you can do. Like, let's watch this video. But I'm sure they're thinking the battery's going to die soon. Mm -hmm. They didn't know how deep the snow was on their vehicle. Mm -hmm. They just knew they could not open the doors. They couldn't get out. They weren't getting any help. I'm not sure what happened, but he was able to get a cell reception and he was able to contact his brother in texas oh my god and the the distress call was relayed to the police and they started searching for them and the national guard was called out oh my gosh state troopers everybody came along with plows like it was a full rescue operation to find them they were looking everywhere for their car but it was like everything was covered in snow Mm-hmm. So finally, one of the rescuers hit their hood. I mean, it's like that's how much they didn't see them. Oh, my God. And started digging. And they had to break a window. I have a picture of their vehicle and we'll um, yeah. we'll post it. But they had to break their window to get the family out. And when they when they took them out, um, they yeah, they took pictures and they said it looked it basically it does. It looks like a rabbit hole. And so they were almost four feet under snow, their vehicle, four feet. That's crazy. Yes. Everybody was okay. The wife um, got pneumonia and she was in the hospital, but she recovered and they were all okay afterwards. The quote from Mr. Higgins after this ordeal was that they were tired and whooped. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's a great. And he said, be sure to always throw a case of water and sleeping bags in the car. Smart. He said, you know, regardless, it'll be there if you need it. He said if they weren't as prepared, it would have been a worse outcome. Yeah. And they were among 32 vehicles that state troopers rescued from the storm. So it was real bad. I'm sure anybody who lives in that area was driving through that area in Mm -hmm. December of 2011 mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure they remember i was not there that time no i was here on guam 
And now I have like a little bit of a sad story, Megan. Oh no. So I don't mean to end on a sad note, but they're not always such good outcomes. This is from the Baltimore Sun and it was titled, Couple Trapped in Snow Leave Diary of Peaceful Death. February 1991, a 68-year-old woman and her husband were trapped in the California Sierra Nevada mountains for more than two weeks. She had written a note to her children before she died. She said, your father passed away. It was peaceful. His last word were thank the lord i think they were very religious people and they just felt like this is where what's going to happen she was 68 her husband was 75 Mm. and they got stranded in march of 1991 in a snowstorm because they took the wrong turn Mm. driving from fresno to their home in mariposa so they were found by the u.s forest service oh wow a crew that was out apparently they they took the wrong turn like i said they got stuck in drifts of snow as high as 10 feet crazy and they the crew that found them found little scraps of paper it contained poems reflections funeral instructions notes to their kids it's so sad so So they found that they apparently just slowly starved and froze over the weeks that they were trapped in their car how long do they uh, estimate they were trapped three weeks oh wow or maybe it's more than that maybe it's three to four weeks they mm. said after the first two weeks the husband passed and then i think she passed after she that was just the, oh mm-hmm. that's so sad so they have a daughter that was in california that said that they were very religious and had a deep bond Maybe that helped them face the fact that they may not survive. Mm -hmm. So she said the daughter said they didn't have a fear of death. They were reported missing February 27th. They took away they had never been before and -hmm. they missed the turn and went to high elevations and then got stuck in the snow. When they found them, there were plastic food containers in the car. There was indications that they had gotten out of the car more than once, but, and they were, you could see how they tried to move the car, but they were just really stuck. Mm. So they weren't trapped in, maybe they could still get out, but nothing to indicate that they tried to hike out. I mean, they're older folks and it may just, that wasn't an option. Yeah. Um, And the nearest town, which was called North Fork, 54 miles away. So even if they had tried. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's a hike. They had the heater going. They had some blankets. It just, over weeks, there was nothing that could have been done. The one thing, there wasn't any indication, they said, of a growing desperation in her writing. They seemed to be getting stronger. Like, it's just like, well, this is what's happening and this is how we're going to deal with it. And maybe because of their age and maturity, they were just like, okay, you know, these things happen in life and this is our fate. Right. At least they were together. And I'm sure it's just so insanely sad for their kids and Mm -hmm. the rest of their family. I can't imagine my mom or my dad or anybody, my grandparents being in that situation and losing them at the same time. It's just Mm -hmm. so sad. Sorry to end on that sad note, but here, Megan, is what you're going to do if you're in your car and you get stuck in snow. First of all, number one, stick with your car unless you know for a fact that it's an easy walk to safety. You always see people make that mistake in movies or stories that they're like, okay, I'm going to go walk. And mm-hmm. then it gets worse. It yes. always gets worse. Always gets worse. Especially if you don't know where you, if you're somewhere out. In the, like, look at the couple. Luckily, they were young mm-hmm. and they could walk 50 miles, but most people can't do that. Number two, get out of your car and quickly check to make sure that your the tailpipe is not blocked. I never knew that. That is so smart. Yeah. Because that's bad news. If yeah. that carbon monoxide is blowing back in on you, you will just go to sleep and never wake up. Scary. Also, run the car's heater, of course, once you know your tailpipe isn't blocked, but you should only do it 
about 15 minutes every hour to conserve fuel in your car. Mm. And while you're doing this, crack the window just in case. Just in case there is... Some recirculation. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, pack. Like, if you are going on a road trip, especially if it's wintertime, even if the weather is okay where you're at, but you, mm-hmm. you where you're driving, you don't know what can happen. Like, Mr. Higgins. It's true. Pack some those water, sandwiches. Pack those snacks. Bologna, yeah. <laughs> some sandwiches. Bring that cooler yeah. with all your, you know, drinks and charge your batteries. Do all the things. Man, I haven't been on a road trip in so long. Yeah can't really road trip on an island not really you just go in circles i mean you can road trip but it's gonna be real boring you you don't really get anywhere you don't yeah. need to pack a lot of snacks no Let's put it that way <laughs> that's all i had for my stories oh, i like those i think about this a lot like more than a person who doesn't like the cold should think about it. yeah <laughs> who i mean i just don't go to places that are like that unless i absolutely have to yeah i think about freezing to death yeah it just seems a little bit painful but maybe also peaceful on some level yeah i mean i yeah i haven't really thought about it too much but this made me think about it because mm-hmm. i just couldn't believe that this guy was in his car for two months that's just insane Hey, Jen, have you heard of this waste-free laundry detergent solution? No, tell me more. Kind laundry detergent sheets are a completely zero-waste laundry detergent and an eco-friendly alternative to the traditional liquid and powder detergents in the market. Yeah, I've heard of Kind Laundry Detergent. It has 100% recyclable packaging and dramatically smaller eco footprint on the environment and helps you lighten your load on the planet. The strong cleaning power of Kind's biodegradable laundry detergent comes from a completely plant-derived formula, which is super cool. This means it's also gentler and a safe alternative to synthetic chemical-based detergents for you and your family. Why choose zero-waste laundry detergent? Here's one reason. There's four simple non-toxic ingredients. So no more skin irritation or allergies with their 100% non-toxic laundry detergent, making it safer for newborn babies and those with sensitive skin. Also, it's biodegradable. So unlike many other green options on the market, there's absolutely no plastic waste. There's also no mess. You can take a load off laundry and say goodbye to carrying those heavy laundry detergent jugs and fumbling with those hard to open plastic caps. And it's just way safer. So it's really waste-free. It dissolves easily and it cleans great. I use them. I love it. They're also pre-cut and pre-measured. So you don't have to like kind of eyeball it, which, oh man, so yeah. many years of eyeballing it. I've probably it. overused so much soap. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It also saves space. You know, as you know, Megan, I'm really trying so hard to be like clutter-free in my house. This is one more thing to cut back on some of the clutter. It's great. Also, Jen, you can travel with them. I know we're getting maybe back into being able to travel I again. I can't wait. If you're taking a staycation, this would be an easy alternative to carrying around one of those little boxes of like mm-hmm. vacation soap that irritates your skin. And no liquid, so they're not going to take no it away liquids. from you. And one thing I really like about their website is that they take the time to see how much detergent you would really need for your family. So if you're a family of one to two folks, three to four or five or more, they can tell you how many boxes a year you're going to need. They have fragrance free for people who don't want their things to have a certain smell to them. But they also have an ocean breeze detergent. I'm one that I like a little fresh ocean breeze smell to my clothes. Also, you're going to save money. 
it's 25 cents per load and you're going to save 12 to 18 plastic containers a year that's up to 1530 in a lifetime so just head on over to our website on the sponsor page and click the link for kind laundry and once you're there you can use the code kless10 and you'll get 10 percent off your first order so go check it out bye I figured it would be a good time to talk about some wildlife in Sweden. Yes. Because why not? Why not? I'm going to go through the complete list of mammals in Sweden. Just mm-hmm. kidding. I'm not really going to. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about some of the bigger ones. <laughs> cool. Like reindeers. We love reindeer. Badgers, otters, pine marten. There's all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, red deer, fallow deer. There's moose and wild boar. Bunch of rodents, couple of rabbits. They have a bunch of bats. Oh, just what? Well, kind of and we taking it back to our. I know. Yeah. What was it? Thirteen hundred species of bats or something that you told us last time? Yeah, there's so many, and they have ten species. Jeez. Which is a lot. That is a lot. Um, I didn't really go into it as far as like what kind of bat insectivores or ca- anyway, but yeah. wait a minute, is what? this where batsicles are formed? I want to say that they have batsicles. Oh my god, bats! Little bats that hibernate. How cute is that? Super cool. So, Megan. Yes. What do you think is the most dangerous animal in Sweden? The most dangerous animal in Sweden? Most dangerous animal. Are we including people? No. Okay. We're not. I'm going to go ahead and say that mosquitoes can't be in there because it's Sweden. It's very cold. Although the the summer. Well, yeah. I'm going to tell you it's a mammal. Oh, it's a mammal. Yeah. Is it a... Is it a polar bear? Do they? Don't, they don't have polar bears. In okay, no, yeah. Well, there are polar bears in Norway. No, they only have brown bear. Okay, okay. Brown bear, and I just think it's cute because there's the brown bear book. Oh yeah, brown yeah. bear, brown bear. What do you see? That one? Yeah. I see a red horse looking at me. Whatever. Yeah. I forget all Blue, the. Yeah, animals. I should have it memorized by now. For real. But yeah, so oh, nope, not a polar bear. No polar bears on the list anyway for Sweden. Is it some kind of big cat? No. I really want to get this. I know. Are you really going to guess it? I mean, usually people just go, I don't know. What is it? Is it a moose? Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a moose. I know that moose are really horrible in Alaska. Like people get so, because they're very dangerous. They're huge. Yeah. They trample people. Stop stealing my story. I'm sorry. So every year, there are approximately 6,000 road accidents involving oh, moose. It's kind of similar to white-tailed deer. Right, right. So, and, Just bigger. And every year, 100,000 moose are killed during hunting season Aww. in Sweden, which is... Did the mooses. That's very sad. So basically, yeah, they say they are pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to mess around with them. Like, yeah. they will trample you, but also... You know, people hit them on the road. And they also have a thing called the murder slug. I'm just going to say it. Just throwing that out there. It's called a murder slug. Look it up. And they don't deserve it. They don't murder anybody. Do they have tiny knives? They don't, but maybe they... Repeatedly stabbing. I don't know why they called it... Because they they were like, there's the murder slug. I mean, it's not dangerous at all. It's it's all squishy. It's just a little slug. Just living its best life. It's not like those... Do you remember that horror movie in like the late 80s, I think it was, and it was a bunch of slugs that would like... (laughs) Like I remember the trailer for it had like a girl sitting in a bathtub and this little black slug like coming up over the side of the bathtub. Are you sure it wasn't like the leech? movie oh maybe it was leeches i feel like there's movies about leeches i just assumed there were slugs i don't know well slugs don't really i mean 
They don't do they nothing. They ruin your garden. They do. They do ruin your garden. Jerks. And leave a little... You got to put a little thing of beer out there. That's so mean. Cheap beer and then they drown themselves. Aw. And they die. Don't mess with the murder slug is all I'm saying. The organization that I think we should support for this episode has yes. nothing to do with Peter or the being buried in the snow because there's mm-hmm. really not a lot for that. Just right. saying. I think we should support the Swedish Society for Nature Conservation. Oh, I like it. Because nature. Because nature. It's a nonprofit environmental organization with an S, you know, because Americans like the Z. Organization. Organization. Yes. I got you. Because European. They have the power to bring about change. They spread knowledge. They chart environmental threats, propose solutions, and influence politicians and authorities, both nationally and internationally. They work with 40 different organizations in Africa, Asia, Latin America, Eastern Europe, and they also participate in a variety of networks globally within the EU. Mm -hmm. So they're big. They kind of do a lot. So they're basically, I think they work, you know, locally within Sweden, and then they work kind of internationally with a lot of other countries and people Mm -hmm. to try to make big movements like climate change or, you know, whatever. That makes sense. So I do like that we're going to support something that's more nature related rather than like, say, you know, EMS or not that they're bad or anything, but because animals are adapted to handle this kind of weather. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get in their animal car and drive. <laughs> Unless it's a far side cartoon. Unless it's a far side cartoon. You know, they're not going to get stranded in the snow. Typically, they're going to know how to handle that because they're going to be ready for that kind of weather. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're animals. Unless it's a snake that you throw in the snow. This is true. But then you've been the jerk. So yes. basically what we're saying is don't go out in the snow. <laughs> what I'm saying is be prepared and if you and check the weather. Right. And if you know there's some snow coming, just stay home. Just stay home. Just stay home. You don't need to do that road trip. Be safe. Yeah. Let the let the moose make that trip for you. You know, even if you are a loner kind of person, let somebody know where, where you're going or if you're okay. Oh, man. So many stories that I can think of just off the, off the top of my head about people who just don't say or at the last minute make a decision like, hey, I'm just going to go this way. And we've all done it. We all have done it. We all Definitely. do it. Luckily, I'm a very fortunate human, as are you, that we have a lot of people in our lives that care about us. So yeah. I couldn't be gone more than like five minutes without my kids or somebody looking for me. But, yeah. you know, I can barely just go in the other room to like <laughs> read a book. This is true. <laughs> I hide, basically. <laughs> no, but yeah, let people know where you're at. Mm-hmm. And there's so much weather tracking nowadays that's like... And don't go on a road trip with somebody you don't want to spend some time with. Because oh, man. imagine. If you don't want to be trapped in the car with them for, you know, three days to three weeks, like yeah, probably. Yeah. Don't do it. Not a good idea to do Not it. Not a good idea. I'll put all the story links, obviously, that I use, but also the link to the organization. Cool, cool, cool. And yeah. So Megan. Yes, Jen. I know you've been thinking about this the whole time. Oh, man. And you better not talk about drinking urine because not. We're, we're over it. I mean, I was, okay. No lie, I was going to be like, you should have a pee bottle, but not to drink it, just to like, you know, because you don't want to just pee in your car. Mm -hmm. You want to have like one of those giant water bottles that you have in your car. Like if you don't have water, yeah, yeah. yeah. because I'm just thinking about the stench. Yeah, what if you got to go to the bathroom and you're trapped in your car, you can't get out. Right. I have a son and it's like the bathroom I mean, just going to the bath. How, where, the the amount of pee that happens in that bathroom. And I'm like, how does he, so I can't even imagine a car that yeah. doesn't get cleaned weekly. Uh-huh. So I got to clean the bathroom regularly. Yes. 
this just the urine smell just to fight it i mean oh god i'm so glad i have girls yeah dude so yeah i i originally was thinking like what about if you're if you don't have enough water whatever maybe you have a giant empty water bottle in there you can just pee in like five gallon so you're basically saying take something to pee in take something to pee in when i was don't uh, drink it don't drink it just just you know so you can put a cap on it yeah. I think that a big part of being trapped someplace, someplace is like sanity. Sanity and cleanliness. You know yes. what I mean? And like if you can't keep things clean, it's just going to wear on that sanity. Like your ability to stay sane. Like if you're smelling pee or poo. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's over with. It's over. Yeah. Living in this, you know, degrading myself. I, I remember that my uncle had this like a uh, Ford truck that had one of those camper backs or whatever. Yeah. And he had a painter's bucket in the back and we went on a trip and it was like, that's where you went to the bathroom, like all the cousins in the back. And I was like, this is... That sounds horrible. It was awful. It was awful. Anyway, but also when I think about it now, it was really funny. But at the time I was mortified. Yeah, I bet. And I was like, I'm never going to go to the bathroom again. (laughs) So (laughs) just going to hold it. But yeah, I think a very large empty container, like a big gulp, you just pee in, cap it off. But a big gulp doesn't have like a tight lid. Yeah, I it think just you has need like a with soda. A lid. Yeah, I, I feel like you need like a container with a lid that mm-hmm. screws on or something. Mm-hmm. Like a paint can's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea because you can even like do you know a well, number like, twozy on that. It was like a yeah. It was like a a giant you know like like a like the five gallon. He was like a professional painter. It was a five gallon. A five gallon. Yeah. Like that can be a toilet. Yes. So Jen, yeah, it would definitely the five gallon bucket for the peas and the poos and all that stuff to seal mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. But I think more important than bodily functions, um, like I mentioned, is like sanity. And I think that if you had a giant book of Mad Libs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I Spy is going to get real boring after a yes, while. Especially Mad Libs like, never gets old. I Spy old. something white. <laughs> oh, it's the 10 feet of snow over our car. <laughs> um, but Mad Libs never get old. And they're hilarious. Oh, hilarious. And fun. Well, as long as you have funny people with you. Well, yeah. Yeah, true that. I also think, you know, and this is just from my experience of being in places with no electricity. Mm-hmm is I always had a headlamp because I'm thinking if it gets yes. dark and you can't run the power in your car or you're, right. or you're, you're trying to save your phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm telling you, I Headlamps. lived with a headlamp on my head for a long time. I used to share a room with my son when we were super poor <laughs> and I would use a headlamp to read at night. Yes. Because you don't want to turn on the light. You don't want to disturb no, other people. and it's perfect. Wear a headlamp. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Also, yeah, Jesus, you're inside that car and the snow's packed all around. I bet it's not very bright just in the daytime. Yeah. And the headlamps last a long time. That's true. You can use them. That's smart. I like it. Mad Libs and a headlamp. Perfect. Done and done. And just, you know what? But don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. Just avoid that. those I mean, blizzards. Do you want to take a shit in a five gallon bucket? No. No one wants don't to. Don't take me. those wrong turns. <laughs> don't take the shortcuts, people. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. But pack a lot of snacks. So Megan, um, thank you for that. I think that's perfect. I think Mm -hmm. we've rounded off our story with our emergency preparedness kit. Definitely. Um, And so I think it's time to give a shout out to our new patron. Yes, we got one new patron today. And her name is? Uh, Thank you very much, Hadley. Or as I know her, Scarlett. (laughs) Thank you, Hadley. We appreciate it so much. And we appreciate all of our patrons. You have no idea how much you mean to us. And fun note, her derby name is Scarlet O'Hatred, and I love that. That is amazing. So good. 
so good. And also, uh, some of you probably saw this, and but now you're going to hear about it again, is that we have some new merch. Wait, that shirt is freaking kick-ass. Thank I love you. it. I love it. You did well, a great job. Thank you. So we put a, we just had like a silly meme out and everybody liked it. So we made it into a shirt. There, Someone was like, you should make this a shirt. And we were like, oh, okay. And then Jen, like, I, Jen done. has been just killing it with the merch. I've been like, oh, you made, she's like, I made a, a shirt and a mug and all the things. And I was like, oh my God, you're it's great. It's so fun. Yeah. So if anybody has any other ideas, send them my way. But the shirt yeah. is pretty cool. There's actually another idea I have, but I want to make it for kids. Some nature nerd shirts because it's weird to have your kids saying like don't die out there and stuff. Yeah, know? that might be kind of. I don't strange. really want to. Do- yeah, so we'll do some kid <laughs> stuff and make it a little more cute and fun. And yeah, look forward to that. And our last episode, we talked about the podcast Murder at Bedtime with Lyndon. Yes, Lyndon's awesome. So good. I do like to support other podcasts, but I definitely want to mention ones that I particularly like. Mm-hmm. And it is Antique Tea. And I know you told me about this one and you're like, you're going to love it. Yeah. And we listened and it is so So it's good. Erica and Jason and they mm-hmm. are amazing. Yeah. I love history and we love that era. Like you love Pride and Prejudice. It's like that, we're like going back. But basically. All about it. They are talking about history and, and gossip. <laughs> so it's basically like getting the low down gossip on real All people. But they're just long gone dead. Erica is like super into history, right? Yes. She has like a like a background in it or something. Yes. And her friend Jason Jason is not and just it's the combination is really good. It's very funny. They're they're close friends and and the way she put it is that so she does all this research. She talks to him about it over tea. (laughs) (laughs) As she put it or they put it is that he doesn't know history from his elbow, which I think is hilarious. That's pretty funny. So good. Anyway, check it out. Excellent. And until then, don't die out there. Bye. Bye.